the greatness in serving. Let's talk about that next here on Times of Refreshing. Join us. It's been said that to grow our minds, we need input. To grow our hearts, we need output. And truer words were never said. In fact, as we'll see today, here on Times of Refreshing out of Luke chapter 22, there is a greatness in serving, not receiving. See, that's the exact opposite of what the world would teach and tell us. Won't you join us? From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, who again, we catch up with here in Luke chapter 22, as you see what it is to find greatness in serving. It says in verse 24, now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he, Jesus, said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest, somebody say greatest. He says, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. Somebody say serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet, I am among you as the one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This is awesome. I want to talk to you this afternoon about the greatness of serving. The greatness of serving. You know, when we look at our culture, it's amazing how our culture has really uh, corrupted our minds in terms of what greatness is all about. Oftentimes when we're thinking about greatness, we're thinking about who has the biggest crowd, who has the most money, who has the most acclaim, who dresses the nicest, who, who you know, appears the best. And if we're not watchful, we can allow our, the culture to define um, what really is of value to us. We have to be very sensitive about this because the television is painting a picture Multimedia is painting a picture. Even print media is painting a picture. I mean, you can't even check out of your grocery line or in, and get out of the grocery store without seeing magazines and images. And what is great? This is great. This looks great. If you do this to your face, if you do this to your body, if you shift this, if you move that, if you have this, if can, can I preach today? If you do all these things, now this is a sign of greatness. And we have to be very sensitive about this. Because if we're not watchful, we can end up having an appearance from a natural standpoint that is good to the culture, but really is repulsive or just 
terrible in the sight of God. And so we're sitting here watching Jesus preparing his disciples to go off to really, for the kingdom's sake, do great things. And Jesus is spending three and a half years with these individuals, preparing them, drilling them, taking stuff out of them, depositing things in them, giving them an example, giving them a perfectly perfect example of what he's looking for and what God our Father is looking for in terms of the kingdom. And in the midst of him preparing these people, Jesus stops here. And he says, it says here in verse 24, Now there was also a dispute among them, the disciples, as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Isn't it amazing how when you get around people, um, and if you just gather people, everybody's looking for the pecking order. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a form of our human nature, our fallen nature, to try to find security on the basis of us measuring ourselves to other people and by other people. Everybody's looking for a pecking order. And, and you see this. And you, you can get a pack of dogs together and they're going to try to find out who's the pack leader. You get a group of men together and they're looking each other up and down. And this, the common thing I get is, well, you're not as big as I thought you was going to brothers looking me up and down. I'm like, brother. But this is what happened. You get a group of women together and everybody's looking at each other. What she got on? And who's got, who's got the nice shoes? And who's got the hair? Everybody's, you know, it's just the devil. It's the devil. And it's really born out of insecurity. So here, Jesus, this is one of the reasons why I don't feel so bad about my ministry because Jesus, he has some issues. Folks here, arguing in his ministry who's the greatest who's the greatest who's the greatest what does greatness look like they're arguing with each other about who's the greatest and a lot of that i'm telling you all listen to me saying a lot of that discussion is solely uh, born out of insecurity and not really knowing who you are in god one of the things me and my wife, we were talking about this last night. A lot of times people find their sense of value and security solely based on a position or a title. But when you know, this is the thing I love about Christ. Jesus Christ validates you. Now hear me now. Jesus Christ validates you not just by giving you a title, but by bringing you close to him. If he's asked you to follow him, then he's validated you. Titles come and go. Stuff like that comes and goes. You know, one day you're going to be working at Chevron, you bing. Next day you down here somewhere else. You know, just... but, but what happens is at some point in time, you found your value in God solely based on your nearness. Every single one of these people were close to Jesus, but they're still arguing about who's going to be the greatest. That's where you find value in being close to him. Now, if he makes you this or makes you that, calls you this, all the other things, praise God for those things. But what really gives you validation is he said, come follow me. Come with me. See where I sleep. 
Hang out with me. Let's eat together. Let's talk together. Let's walk together. Can I share some things with you? Can you share some things with me? Come on, let's just hang out together. That's where you find true value and understand who you are in God, the fact that he brought you near to him. Then he says, I want you to do this. I'm going to make you this. But that's the first step. These individuals here, it says that they're arguing over who was the greatest. And then after that, in verse 26, he begins them to give them a lesson. He says, he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. He says, on the contrary. But what is he doing here? He says, on the contrary. What he's basically saying, this is different than the culture, what I'm getting ready to say to you. He says, on the contrary. He he who is greatest among you, let him be as the young, younger, and he who is governs as he who what? Sir. This is the greatest thing that we can, we can do, and this is really the sign of greatness in our lives, is when we really get to a place in our lives where we just want to serve. That we're, we're be, now listen, we don't just want to serve, we become servants. Because you can serve and not really be a servant. Some people serve for their own personal benefit and gain and how it makes them look and how important it makes them look. But there's something in you that clicks where you don't care about anything else. My heart is just, I want to be, I want to be, I don't want to just serve, I want to be a servant. And so what happens is, is as Jesus is breaking the culture, he's tearing something out of their minds in terms of what greatness is all about. And he says, he who governs, let him be as one who serves. This becomes a lifestyle. This is the thing that we need to do. We have to see come back to the church. We have to see um, valued and exalted within the church. What is greatness? It's found in the face of serving. Are we servants? Do we have a heart to serve? Is it our passion to serve? Do we live to serve? Do you serve when you don't feel like it? When you serve it when your back hurts and your feet hurt and you don't want to do it, but you do it because it's in you. You just got to do it. I want to touch somebody. I want to bless somebody. I want to help somebody. I want to lay down my life. So can I have an amen in here? I want to lay down my life for somebody. I want to be a blessing. I want to serve. And unfortunately, in life, We think that serving is a lower position, but Jesus is breaking down the culture here. He says, on the contrary, he says, be as the younger, be as the one who who governs, but yet it serves. And this is a lifestyle. And then he says in verse 27, he says, for who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? He says, is it not he who sits at the table yet? He's shifting the culture. And the mindset that these individuals have dealt with in times past. He says, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Second member of the triunity of God. The word made flesh. Heals the sick. Cast out demons. Speaks to the winds and they obey. Tells the sun to be still. Stops the the planet from rotating on its axis for the sake of seeing somebody get victory in life. Think about how powerful Jesus Christ is. Galaxies upon galaxies we don't even know about. No telescope, nothing could see what he's, what he's already established. 
stars we can't even imagine. We can't even get close enough to see how brilliant and opulent and strong and glorious these things are that God has created. We can't even get to the depths of the sea to see how many fishes and crustaceans and and things that are in the depths of the ocean. We don't have equipment to get us down there, but God knows all about it. You go to the Amazon, they're still figuring out animals and insects and all kinds of stuff they're finding tucked down in there. Think about how awesome God is. Who, 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 when the centurions and all the soldiers came to address Jesus and Jesus just spoke a word at them and all of them just fell on the ground. Think about how powerful the Lord Jesus Christ is. The grave, it was not even possible that the grave could hold him down. Jesus can't lie. If he said that chair right there was green and it was burgundy at the time, it would turn green. It says he said as soon as he said it was green. He's that awesome. He can't lie. Nothing can stop him. Nothing can hinder him. Nothing can, can, can thwart his plans. If Jesus said he's going to do something in your life, surely it's going to come to pass. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the ending. Before you got started, he was already started. Before was, was, God was. Doesn't have a mama, wasn't born, wasn't created, just I am that I am. And in the midst of all this, as being as splendid as he is, he says, yet I am among you as one who serves. That's greatness. Well, if I could get the position, I'd be great. If I could just have that, I would be great. If, if I could just meet this person, they could help to make me great. If I could just go there, I would be great. If I could just have that, I would be great. If I could just do this and do that and do this and do that, I would, I would be great. But Jesus says, yet I am among you as one who serves. And saints, we got to get it deep down in the midst of our heart that this is what true greatness is all about. Serving in whatever, whatever capacity that God asks us to serve. If you're a husband in this room, you have an obligation to serve your family, to serve, to be a servant. If you're a woman in this room, you have an obligation to, to serve. Even the kids at a young age, we got to teach them how to serve. We tell them to take out the trash and they cry. And what they're going to do when you really got to experience life and go through life. And life's, how many of you know life's not going to cut you any slack? You better know how to serve right now. Be trained in how to serve right now. This is how you go up is learning how to go down and be a servant. And we got to get this in our spirit. We have to understand that. Get it deep down in our heart that there's nothing wrong with giving your life for the sake of benefiting somebody else. Jesus looks at that and he says, that's greatness. A lot of us, we just think, and I think sometimes even in ministry, we think it's the, it's the most powerful thing is the greatest thing in the kingdom. If I prophesy over a thousand people, if I heal 20,000 sick, if I do this, if I do something great, if I, if I could just, if I, and we think we, we look past just a simple thing like being an usher in the church and helping sit somebody in their seat. A simple thing by just moving, uh, moving this. A simple thing, just like the guys taking the umbrella on a cold, rainy night and walking with a woman 
to the car so she can get in the car and not get her hair wet. <laughs> Amen, Deacon Bobby. That's serving. That's service. Simple thing. It's the simple things. It's not the, saints, it's not the big things. It's not just the big things. A lot of times we just forget about the simple things. Even teaching our kids the simple things to serve at home. Come in, go in there, help your mama fold the clothes. The simple things. All of us, we got to learn the simple things. And I think what happens is we, we make it because we're watching television and reading the magazines and we're looking at all the junk and Jesus is breaking a cultural, breaking cultural baggage here and helping these individuals to know, to know and to see that service, this is what true greatness is all about. He says in verse 28, but you are those who have continued with me, he says, in my trials. You know, true, true service, and we see Jesus, his service was tied to trial and hardship. They continued with him, and they didn't just see the the high times in his service, they saw that through his service that there were trials. And I think sometimes when you're walking with God and you're doing service for God, never forget there's going to be trials. I'm telling you this prophetically. If you've never had one, buckle your seatbelt because it's just life. Is there anyone in there never had a trial in your life? Understand, it's, it comes. But what happens is Jesus says, you've been with me through my trials. And I think this is also tied to understanding service. Sometimes when we're serving, there's going to be periods of time where you have trial. Jesus went through trial and he said to them, you, you've been with me through it. You see, true service. If your service goes out the window when you experience trial, you're showing that you really weren't serving for the right reason. Your service wasn't for the right reason, you see, because anyone can serve when everything is going right. Everybody's in agreement with you. Everybody's patting you on the back. Everybody says, whoa, you are the most, whoa, whoa, glory to God. You came on the scene. I shivered when you came on the scene. I mean, everybody. But Jesus, Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He has been rejected. He has been, I mean, people have said he has a demon. I mean, all these things, and they saw him in the midst of it, the Bible says, continue to serve. And this is the heart that we have to have for service. So let me say this to you. Don't let a trial pull you out of a heart of, for service. I know pastors, they refused to be, they left the ministry because they got mad at the people or somebody lied on them or did something or some crazy, you know. People just, well, I quit. Well, then you're showing you weren't really in it for the right reason. There's no guarantee through Jesus Christ laying down his life in this moment that these people were going to respond the way he wanted them to respond, but he chose to serve. You don't know true service until you get to a point where you're serving people and you know what? They can't repay you. They can't. They can't fully. Listen, for what Jesus did for us, we can't truly fully repay him for what he did for us. I don't care what we do. But he did it. And then sometimes in life, this is what true love does. You're, you're willing to serve. They walk with him through the trial. They're willing to serve. He was willing to serve. And he did it 
understanding that not everybody is going to reciprocate the same love and passion that he displayed towards them in giving down, giving their lives. But he was willing to do it. But sometimes this is what happens. Man, I served you for years. And you still ain't said thank you. I said ain't said thank you. And this is what happens. This is the mindset. What the, when that starts coming out of somebody's spirit, it's a sign that, you know what, you wasn't doing it for the right reason. You wasn't doing it for the right reason. And saints, I think for all of us, we want to break this. He says, but you are those who have continued with me in my trial. And watch 29, verse 29. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, this just blows me away because now what he's saying is, is your service now, basically in so many words, and your willingness to serve and understand this principle and walk with me is preparation for what I'm going to give you on the other side. And that is, I'm going to bestow my kingdom upon you, and you're going to understand how to rule in true government, government and, and rulership and having authority is about laying down your life. Do you know that you're, you're preparing right now to rule with Christ? And one of the ways in which you're going to rule effectively and do what he says is by getting the heart that he has, and that is the heart of a servant. He's working on you now for that. He's not, he's not working on you later. When we learn to do it now, it's preparation for what he's going to do in our lives later. And this is what we say. I got a kingdom for you. I'm preparing you to sit at my table and to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. I want you to. But it all goes back to this one point. The way you've seen government is different than what you've seen in times past. This is, this is the new thing that I'm bringing. And that is you're here to serve. You're here to serve. You're here to serve. And so, saints, I think on a a personal level, all of us, we have to think about this. What, What kind of servant am I really? Do you know, let me say this to you all. Do you know that the Bible says that when you work on your job, that you are to work as to the Lord? I know I lost some people in here. But this is what the Bible says. When you serve, you're you're to serve on your job. You're to serve as if, number one, God gave you that job. And because God gave you that job, I'm going to work for man, but as unto the Lord. And as I'm serving here, obviously God is a rewarder. He'll repay me for what I'm doing, but at the end of the day, I have to stop and ask myself, even from just a vocation, am I working as unto the Lord? Am I serving as unto the Lord? Think about it. Let me say it like this. While I'm working, if Jesus were sitting right there watching me, what would he see? We're going to have an altar call at the end of this service. (laughs) I mean, because at the end of the day, saints, we have to look at this and ask ourselves, how am I serving on my job? How am I serving? Am I I really a servant? Do I have a servant's heart? 
Even as a person that's in authority, do I have a servant's heart like Jesus had? Because there's greatness in that. It's, there's greatness in serving. As a husband in your home, how are you serving in your home? Think about it. Am I a servant? You know, and I'm not just talking about serving in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm going to work. I'm talking about even after work, when we get home, we serving. Are you serving our kids? Are we doing those things? Serving our wife? How, it, what's our mindset? Are we, as a wife, are we, are we servants? Are we, is this the, the culture as a church? Listen to me say, as a church, are we really serving? Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.